Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You know, as a Virgo, I have to think about this from all angles. It's right. like, do I save a legend or do I save like an up and comer who has like the potential to be I'm sorry, Virgo, try answering this as a Libra. Welcome back to That's a Gay Ass Podcast, a podcast that asks, whose fault is it that you're queer? It is me, Eric Williams, and God, is it a good week to talk to Jinx Monsoon and Benda LaCreme. Yes, this is real. They are here to discuss the Jinx and De La holiday show and, of course, answer the famous podcast questions. And uh, when I found out that Gay Ass Podcast booked Ben de la Creme and Jinx Monsoon, sweetie, I, I freaked. I froke out. I mean, watching Ben de la Creme send herself home on All Stars, that was my Olympics. When I learned Jinx Monsoon identifies as a narcoleptic Jewish drag queen, that was my World Series. So it's it's a gorgeous week. But before we get to that, I'm having a bit of a crisis. A crisis, if you will. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you saw that I posted the podcast episode titled, Please Don't Listen, Mom. And then I wrote, guess who just listened? Yeah, my mom. Well, both of my parents uh, drove in a car together and listened to that episode where I discuss attending my first pool orgy and hooking up with a daddy in the dunes of Black's Beach. And I thought, instead of spiraling in the privacy of my own home, why not do it on this very podcast? And why not bring in a best friend of the pod? That's right, Zach Noe Towers is here to unpack it all. The shame, the fear of judgment, just all of it. So let's get into this episode. We are going to first have Zach Noe Towers on to discuss the time my parents listened to my sex episode in the comfort of their car. But after that, uh, we were going to get into the interview with Ben de la Creme and Jinx Monsoon, where I, yes, ask about Jinx's relationship to being Jewish. I ask, of course, about what we can expect in this show. And uh, the character actress discussion is also beautiful. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave a five-star review. And yes, the Patreon is cooking. What is not a part of this episode is my experience at my straight brother's bachelor party, where I was a part of 15 straight men in the city of Chicago. 
It's only $5 a month to join that Patreon, and I'm trying to do bonus episodes just about every single week. And this week, you'll hear about my brother's bachelor party and the things that did or did not happen. Zach, thank you for coming to me in my time of need and taking a break from your international schedule. How are you? How are you holding up? Oh my God. I, you know, I'm doing great. I'm suffering from celebrity exhaustion at the moment. I need a fucking nap. No, I'm really good. I'm living the dream, you know, you happy are. to be back in LA. Well, it's like I'm so yeah. I'm so proud of you. You're like headlining, you're opening for Fortune Feimster. Are are lesbian crowds different from your crowds? You know. I think two lesbians in a show is scary, but a room full of them, lovely, lovely, because they've got some of them inherently have mom energy, just whether they're moms or not. They're just kind of like loving women in their 40s and 50s and 60s. And they're just like, come here, baby. You know, and it's almost uh, like the state of Vermont just trapped in a theater. Yes, it's exactly that. And they're just they're down to have a good time. And I had a good time. Well, that's inspiring, and I aspire to one day be in a theater of lesbos, uh, just giving me their mom energy. You will be. Love you, Dykes. Um, so <laughs> the reason why you're here is the first person I thought of who could come to me in my time of gay need was Zach Noe mm. Towers. And mm. when I first told you that my mom listened to the episode about public sex outside of the confines of my legal marriage what do you have any empathetic responses what does it bring up in you first of all empathetic towards who your mom absolutely not the episode was titled do not listen to this and i understand why she did obviously but i have i do not feel bad for her at all mom if you're listening and i know you are shame shame our our little boy eric put up a boundary and you just Mom danced right over that bitch. You mom jeaned um, right over it. I will say, so obviously, I think there's inherent like discomfort when talking about sex with family members, much less parents. Yeah. Some people actually are totally fine. They can talk about it. They've been talking about it. But I think that's all about when the parents introduce sex to them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if they had an open, honest conversation when they were in their like early teens, I think it's a smooth, smooth transition. I didn't have that conversation. So we, me and my family, they don't talk about sex. No. Like we, don't, we just don't do well, it. Well, it's funny you say that because honestly, I think my parents were always quite open about straight sex. Like obviously they're not going to be talking about gay butt fucking, but like they're, it was always known that like my dad would look at a waitress and then my parents would somewhat talk about sex, but never like encourage. Like, oh, my I got cum dripping out of your my hole right now. No, no, babe. They, they would say that. Um, it's more. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, there there definitely wasn't this like sense of like I tell my mom everything about sure, and, and and that and that is probably a good thing I think about like when it comes to like the boundaries of mother child because you know a lot of gay guys and their moms are like too close too close but i so i i I appreciate us having that boundary but yeah she did mom dance over this one and i was mortified at first and then i got embarrassed that i was mortified 
Well, that I'm, I'm really overall, I'm glad you're feeling lots of negative feelings towards yourself. That's yeah. always think- the first step. <laughs> Being embarrassed that you're embarrassed is just next level um, shame. And then judging uh, yourself for the human experience you're having. For feeling, yeah. Um, no, I get it. But like, also like, who cares? I know. Like, well, let me, this, here's the deal. The, 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 the flashes of imagery that came through my head is first of all, what did she listen to was my first question. And by the way, I, I didn't give you this detail. My mom was in the car with my dad. They listened to it together. And I said to her, I said, Mom, why? First of all, she said, Eric, I listened to your podcast. And I, of course, was flattered because they. I don't think my family regularly does. They're not the target odd. And I know mm-hmm. that. And I'm f- very much at peace with that. They support me in many ways. But then when I said, what episode? And she said, "Um, well, it's the one, of course, called please don't listen, mom. And I was like, record scratch. So then my head went to, wait a minute, what went down in that episode? Let me read to you, Zach Noe Towers, the description. (gasps) I can't wait. The description states, grab onto your holes. This week is horny. (laughs) Eric rides solo to discuss some life-changing gay awakenings from this past week, including a naked pool party and a trip to the famous Black's Beach. We get into what happens in the dunes, gay pool party etiquette, big D's, and that's all you need to know. Please don't listen, mom. That's the description. And she was like, download. (laughs) Click play. (laughs) And And so inevitably... I was trying to figure out what boundaries I could put up in this phone conversation to not have to reveal anything too deep. And so she asked me, well, you know, Eric, when you said you went to the dunes, I'm assuming that means you had sex with someone. What? Why does she need to know that, first of all? <laughs> what? So is she scoping out? Like public sex areas. Like- I do think she was. Yeah, I think I think she was asking for recommendations for herself. Um, <laughs> no, I, I I think it's like you know, give a mouse a cookie, give a mom a piece of information that they feel like they need to know mm. more. She couldn't help herself, but like mm. I luckily have learned enough tools to put up the boundary of like, well, I didn't want you to listen for a reason, and I would just say that in gay communities, it we do not subscribe as much to the rules of straight culture. And then I tried to change the subject and um and what happened? And and she and the, the to my the, the I'm not going to sit here and just like, you know, praise my mom for having listened. The one thing I will give her credit for is that she did not judge. And she did not right. sound like cuz I I think she could tell I was feeling a little like, um well, uh, I don't know if you're regretting you know, helping listening, to, listening oh. or helping to pay for our wedding or like <laughs> <laughs> it just immediately it, the otherness that it brought up in me. I mean, you're you're a fellow St. Louis gay. Like I just I'm learning that I'm tired of feeling like I have to fit in in one space, live authentically in another and then somehow respect both while mm-hmm. not hiding who I am. And to me, it brought up like a, a, a frustration and an yeah. anger in like having to somehow make it digestible that I fucked a daddy in a dune. Yes, you did. And that yes, feels, you did. That feels tough. That that. What what do your parents know about you? Um, my parents know that I'm gay, Chad. and they. My mom does listen to a lot of my content, so like 
they know the broad strokes, but they definitely don't know. Like they rarely even, (laughs) they rarely even ask like, am I dating someone? How is it going? So we are way far away from is your sex life to your liking? Because I don't think my parents have been satisfied with their sex lives since I've known them. How do you you know that? um, Well, my mom, they've been divorced since I was 10. My dad just got remarried. So maybe he's having sex. I hope he is. But my mom, I don't think she's, I don't, I mean, she told me, I think if she was dating someone or going on dates or getting, you know, railed behind movie theaters or whatever, but. Or the schnooks. Or the schnooks on Hanley, which is very close to her home. <laughs> but um, so I think it's just like, you know, like it's like you can only talk to someone with the maturity they've reached in themselves. Mm, no, absolutely. And I do, I want to turn it on its head a bit because I think that in a way, this might have been a way that my mom was trying to connect with me. You know, like it gave her a view or a window into my world. And I think that it's very Aladdin, a whole new world. It's very, I, I think the the more I embrace my life here Mm -hmm. and by the way this applies to like not only the sex of it all but like i haven't told my parents this but i have you know the idea of having children has completely been changed in my head or i I went from being completely on board to like wait a minute i can lead a full life without that and the world told me and my parents being a part of that straight world told me that like you know that's what you do you have kids and then that leads to a leads to a that's the fulfilling life right and so now that i'm like wait a minute i'm i'm seeing all these people who are living great lives and not having kids and so on the other side of the the sex of it all i think in a way she's like wait a minute like i'm learning this about my child i'm trying to be like i'm not like the other moms i'm a cool mom i could feel that energy Mm -hmm. and something that i talked to you on a recent episode is you know parents after you go to college and after you or after you're an adult like parents don't feel needed in the same way that they did when you were younger and i think in ways they try to find different avenues to feel connected and yeah. while this one was very true to like a jewish boundaryless home while they're asking about the open relation talk episode i have i in a way it almost felt like a reach out of trying to understand and be like yeah i love gay people my son fucks at black speech like it almost felt like that (laughs) i also realized too with um you maybe taking kids off the table kids and grandkids for your mom is another way that she would have had her kind of like mom claws in you so like unless she's gonna adopt a daddy who likes to go to black speech and get railed you know, she might see you as drifting away a little bit more, like drifting away down black speech, down the speech, taken out with the current. Um, how much does religion play into this? Or is she like worried at all? Like that you're like becoming a, I don't know what the word is, but like heathen, you know? So I guess if Christians say heathen, Jews say. Gefilte fish. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, wait, wait, no, there is something there. Christians say heathen and Jews say shiksa. Shiksa. Jews say a non-Seinfeld watcher. Jews say (laughs) a piece of bacon 
on a shrimp salad. Um, <laughs> they, I don't, I don't, I mean, when I first, I've told this story too many times that when I, I probably told you when I was about to go to college, my sex talk was so harrowing <laughs> because my, <laughs> my twin brothers was two minutes long wear a condom, have some fun. And then my parents give me a long discussion about how an older man would inevitably give me HIV. And so I think that I have tried to unlearn that sexual shame. And ironically, this topic has been an avenue for me to embrace my humanness of like, just like being horny and wanting to reclaim the years I couldn't express myself sexually. But like, they're probably I I am not going to ask and nor would I, but I'm sure both of my parents were having their very Midwestern like, well, oh, geez, let me scoot past you and give you an HIV test. Like, are you? (laughs) Are you gonna be riddled with the crabs like the AIDS? Like, it's like that, that to me is probably one of their thoughts. But again, that's, that's like the the fear of shame and I don't I, I I want to like do you ever feel if a topic comes up with your family that you want to skirt it because it you don't want to be either misunderstood or judged no I actually don't really care what my family thinks of me um how did you get to that place stop. have you always been that be- way um no no um it's when I started becoming like successful and like beyond paying my own bills, but making better decisions than I think my family members have made. Mm. So I'm just like, yeah, go. I mean, I think the true test is if you can walk away from the person and just be like, happy, again, that you've walked away, like, oh, yeah, like, back to my life, back to the way I things I do things. I'm never looking to hurt anyone's feelings. But like, I am becoming more and more confident in my decision-making skills every day. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't feel any of that. I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. I I might skirt a situation if that's the case, like if if it's going to make them uncomfortable, but um, yeah, no, I, but you're not going to feel, you're not going to feel shame for having, uh, having their comfort in mind. That, that to me is like where I feel the growing pains right now is I feel like I feel so much more confident in the decisions I've made just like as a day-to-day human moving through the world, the people I spend time with, the things I find joy from, I find that confidence. But I'm still like, I think having the separation of distance. Well, you're going, you're still, you've got to catch up to the changes you've been making in your life first. Like you just, you always thought kids and now you're thinking maybe not kids. Like you were closed and now you're open. Like you have to digest that. And like, I think you have to see time, like over time that the decision is a good decision. Mm. And like, I think you're still in this like really fresh space where it's like, is this right? Or am I like, like, is this wrong? Like, only time will tell. So true. I talked about it in therapy this morning about like, I want to be done with that process. I want to yeah. just be like, okay, next thing I feel good. Next thing I feel good. Yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. I'm just no. like a type A Judy that wants to feel it in my brain and my bones and the bones and the guts are taking some time to get new muscle mem. And in the meantime, put that bone in some guts, rearrange, <laughs> rearrange them guts, take the bone out, get the bone tested. I, if if we if I could, I would title this episode, rearrange them guts. <laughs> <laughs> the holiday episode with Jinx and 
Fendelegram. Um, and then people are listening to their interview waiting for the reference of arranging the their gut. guts and it never comes up. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but I totally feel for you. Also, I will point out that like, I think you should like go through the experience you had with your mom and like write down what happened just to see exactly what happened and then how much of the experience you're adding. I wonder if she thinks this. I bet she thinks this. I mm-hmm. bet he thinks that. And it's like, that's all speculation. And like, that's, mm-hmm. she could just be completely fine. And like, you're adding, you're making it dramatic. You're, I'm well, hello. I mean, that is, <laughs> I, I have a bachelor's of fine arts in drama. I, um, I, had a if i may reference therapy again for the 12th time i had a therapist that would say to me why all the drama that i created in my head about certain scenarios and this is a throwback to fran goldfarb i mean why i because you're right evidentially speaking what was given to me on this phone call was not was not judgmental it was not it was just like eric i listen and your podcast is so good and um you um, what does what does anonymous sex mean? Tell mommy more about it. Yeah, so you so Matt wasn't there, so you had sex with someone, and it it it, it was giving like I was doing a you know a, a masterclass dot com on <laughs> what it's like to not be a straight married couple in the Midwest, but like you're right, I I did put on a lot of the shame and the spin and so that's you that's not even them that's that's the unlearning right that you're talking about where it's like it's so crazy how like someone said this before like 95 percent of my problems exist only between my two ears mm-hmm. like they're not real it's just thoughts that i like turned into obstacles or like so many scenarios i have created about what people are saying or what i could be perceived as or what if i do something that is considered bad or if i am x y and z it's like i i do like the thought that no one actually thinks about you nearly as much as you think they do it is freeing but it is like every year i get older i find like my excitement in learning and unlearning these things but my frustration and how much work it takes to actually go through the steps of unlearning it yeah totally but i in my experience it's i mean and probably yours too it's very worth it it's like you said growing pains but it's like that's good the fact that you're changing and growing and challenging your own thoughts like that's good well listen i am not just saying this because you're here but I, any chance I get to tell you that when you first came on this podcast, when it was like the first few months and you encouraged me so much and you didn't know who the fuck I was, I, you were, you were an inspiration to me. And it's just surreal to me that we're friends and that you're, if I text you to come on the podcast to unpack my sex trauma, my sex yes. drama, you say yes. Um, Before we, before I log off, is there any sex that you have had that you feel inspired to share or that you're excited about so i will say again this is kind of broad but i have had anal sex in the past couple months and i had not been fucked in like years Wow! because i've just i've gravitated more to the side culture of it all where i'm very happy with the side dishes i don't need the main course and this guy and i had really good chemistry and i just sat on his pee pee and it was great i came really hard and i was like 
okay, maybe she's back in her bottom era. (laughs) That makes me so happy for you. I feel like I just watched my child get a (laughs) free pointer. A free pointer? Three free point shot? A free three point shot. All, all for free. Not didn't pay a dime for that three point. <laughs> well, cheers to Zach and his bottom era and to your friendship and to Ben to the Creme and Jinx Monsoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you so much. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's That's a Gay-Ass Mother Trucking Podcast with Ben de la Creme and Jinx Monsoon. Thank you so much, Queens, for coming on this Godforsaken Podcast. It is a joy and an awe to have you. Well, we're joyful and honored as well. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Are you kidding? It's just so it's so exciting to talk about this Jinx and Dela holiday show because listen, I was just talking to our gorgeous friends Matt and Robbie before, and I know that you are both holiday queens, but can we talk about for a second that we all have birthdays within four seconds of each other? <laughs> Jinx, you were the eighteenth. Dela, you were what, the twenty fifth? Twenty fourth. Twenty fourth, and I'm the twenty first. What is going and on? And Michelle Visage oh, wow. is the twentieth. Oh, uh, is she? Yeah. But she's not here, Jinx. <laughs> Do with that what you will is all. <laughs> <laughs> and Jim Henson is the 24th, as long as we're just throwing stuff out there. And um, my cousin Barbara <laughs> is the 28th and a half. Well. Is this what, see, this is what a Virgo, 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 Libra cusp conversation sounds like. That's what we're finding out. This is what Do you know what is. kind of broke my heart, though, is like, uh, uh, like everyone feels special in their star sign and everyone feels special and unique in the time of year that they were born. And I found out that September birthdays are just statistically the most likely to be 
It's tough to stomach because we have about 15 friends who all have... Bur- I did think it was like we were having a Salem sitch where the witches brought us together in this Zoom room. But I do think it's just statistically speaking, parents fuck whenever September babies... What, when, when did our parents conceive It's because us? it's nine months um, after the holidays. And that's a full yeah. circle to the Jinx and Bella <laughs> holiday show. <laughs> Always getting us on the subject. But you, you know what? I do want to ask my first very important question because I've been looking on the interwebs and you have been selling merch that says everyone is traumatized by Christmas. I need to ask first, Dela, what traumatizes you most about the holiday season? Well, these days, uh, really very little. Um, The most traumatizing part, I would say, is uh, when we don't get enough sleep on the tour bus. But I grew up, you know, I mean, for me, the trauma of Christmas comes from my past. You know, I I grew up in a very uh, sort of stuffy, picturesque New England Norman Rockwell uh, kind of family. And everything looked really pretty and uh, snowy and lovely and one horse open sleigh on the outside. But really, it was just like a deeply repressed, resentful uh, home life. And so, you know, I mean, these holiday shows uh, really were kind of born out of necessity because of that. And, you know, our our big finale that we do every year, regardless, you know, we write a new show every year, but we always end with our our classic song, which is everyone, everyone is traumatized by Christmas because it really is the thing that whether it was in your childhood or sometime in your adulthood, it's something that unites us. <laughs> Fully. And I think as a Jew, I was traumatized by Christmas because I had FOMO. I just well, and fully... also because you're being, you know, inundated by... Uh... Yeah. It's the inundation that's my trauma. Because, yeah. like, I loved Christmas as a kid. My grandma threw a wonderful Christmas Eve party. It was my favorite time of year. It was the one time of year that my... Beverly Hillbillies family acted normal, right? But now, as like a card-carrying witch who just wants the end of patriarchy and the system, you know, (laughs) what I cannot stand is the expectation and the inundation that like we are all supposed to do certain things, behave certain ways, you know, even though the season, the Christmas season is so inherently queer and it's like aesthetic and styling, it is also inherently heteronormative and doesn't leave a lot of space for people who don't prescribe to the hallmark depiction of what Christmas is supposed to be. And And so for me, I love the spirit of the holiday, but I hate the inundation of, you know, Christian morality that I did not agree to. And quite frankly, (laughs) it's appropriative, not just of Christians taking on like pagan traditions and making them Christian, but also of queer culture. I mean, this is the time of year that straight people are suddenly like bursting into song and wearing sparkly sweaters. That is ours. Yeah, our culture is not a costume, babe. We've been trying, like Santa going through a (laughs) chimney, we've been fitting big things in small spaces for generations. Thank you. And I have to, since we're going to our backstories of trauma, I have to ask the Gay Ass Podcast question, which is, whose fault is it that you're queer? Who do we blame, babe? If we go back, what triggers that for us? Christine Baranski. Sure, sure, sure. Well, wait a minute. Are you talking Christine in a specific moment? Is I I know in the Grinch stole Christine? 
Christmas Jim Carrey movie, she really kind of brought a lot of We're talking Sybil, right? This is Sybil era. Yeah. Like Christine Baranski was on television when I was a kid. And so just the existence of her. Listen, I was perceived male at birth. I was raised as a little boy. But when I saw Christine Baranski, I saw my future. I saw Mm. what I was going to grow into. And so because of the circumstances I was born into, no matter who I was going to be attracted to, the fact that I was going to grow up to be Christine Baranski inherently made me queer. I think that's a gorgeous answer. (laughs) And if I may say, I feel like I'm staring at Christine myself right now. Thank you. Thank you. you The the prophecy was true. Dela, what about you? Whose fault (laughs) is it that you're queer? You know, I brought up earlier uh, that it that I share a birthday with Jim Henson, and I would actually possibly blame him because mm. I, you know, have identified with him and the Muppets and beyond for so long, so fiercely individualistic in their, you know, Kermit's like desire to assemble chosen family and strike out on his own. Miss mm. Piggy's like, you know, I mean, Frank Oz as Miss Piggy is like the first drag queen I ever fell in love with. But I'd say the moment that that fully came to and crystallized was my first viewing of Labyrinth. And I think we can all understand why. But Jim Henson bringing David Bowie in tights into my life really was what like put the final nail in the coffin. Well, this is inspiring my next question, which is if we were to cast Christine Baranski and Miss Piggy in a vehicle together, are they friends or foes, sisters or lovers? Well, I think it's very clearly the Muppets. I think it's very clearly the Muppets, uh, Thelma and Louise, right? It's Jim Henson. (laughs) and studios reimagines <laughs> Thelma and Louise. I was thinking it was going to be something like Christine Bransky's the head of an evil corporation that's trying to um, eliminate Christmas or something. And Miss Piggy and is the li- Piggy... head of a of an of another evil corporation. And <laughs> it's just two evil corporations I... going head to head. <laughs> Honestly, I yeah. want that movie. <laughs> it's kind of like an allegory on Amazon versus Microsoft, you know. <laughs> crickets okay um so then i do no miss piggy mean... is jeff bezos i'm super into it oh fuck yeah mm-hmm. um unfortunately whenever jeff bezos comes up i need to ask if the circumstances were right and jeff bezos said we could hook up in my yacht and no one would know about it would you do it <laughs> Hard pass. With Jeff Bezos? No, not yeah. even no. like a slight. Is are, do you feel tempted around that? Absolutely not. That's why Voldemort? it was a test. I was fully. It was actually a huge joke, and I don't like bald men in yachts. That's absolutely nothing. You can like bald men all you want. You're right. And Voldemort has sort of a you know certain genocide qual laissez faire <laughs> quality to him. <laughs> well then that does bring up my truth is at being a chosen person of judaic background i've seen in previous years of the jinx and de la holiday show there has been some hanukkah representation is that the same for this year as you two are currently writing the show well, you know, we always sort of find our our path along the way, and we are still in our our writing process. But um, you know, we we really want to make sure that our audience feels seen and included and fully aware like that we you know we are aware that the folks who are coming to our show come from a wide variety of backgrounds whether it's like faith and religion or you know whatever else people got going on um so will there be as bombastic a holiday uh, or a hanukkah number as 
2022's Hanukkah reimagining of Hot Stepper from the 90s. That I can't say. It will all will be revealed. You know, what I really respect about Dela is one year I said, okay, so what's going to be the puppet this year? Because we often utilize puppets in our show. And Dela said, well, we don't start there. We don't start with what's going to be the puppet. When the puppet reveals itself and becomes necessary, then we will find the puppet. You know, like when it becomes obvious to us that we need to use a puppet in this moment, then and only then will a puppet be added to the show. And it has to feel authentic. And the same goes for... You know, I I think every year we've had Hanukkah representation in some form, except for like one year. Sure. And I don't know what happened that year. (laughs) Uh, You make me sound like a professor at Hogwarts. The puppet will reveal itself. Are you are you not a magical professor? I cannot disclose at this time. (laughs) (laughs) well i love that you can't sometimes you can't choose the puppet the puppet has to choose you in that moment that feels right and did jinx i know that you have some judaism in your background did you ever what was your relationship to that growing up my relationship to judaism in my own personal life didn't begin until my adult life and that Mm. was when the heritage was found out and i really wanted to explore that part of myself through my drag persona. And nowadays I am just so fervently anti-organized religion, no offense to the chosen people None taken. at all, None taken. but I am so anti-organized religion that I have detached from any form of religion and gone full throttle witch. And honestly, it feels like where I was always meant to land. And I really enjoy this part of my life as as a card-carrying witch. I love <laughs> it so much. I mean, honestly, the th- my favorite part about being Jewish is fully the food and the fact that they don't want to kill gay people on a daily basis. I feel like that's kind of, I take what I can get. But I do need to ask, <laughs> seeing as the show is bigger, badder, and better than ever, you're traveling to about 80,000 different cities. You're performing for 3 million people. Is there, a um out of the crazy places you're going, is there one that you find has people with the biggest dick energy, the most gorgeous <laughs> uh, looks inside and out? Well, of course, it's wherever you're listening from. But... Uh, <laughs> you know, we actually were, were just talking about this because there is a thing where when you're doing certain tours, performances, shows, you know, you you travel around and, and you do you are like, oh, this city has this type of thing. But this show tends to kind of transcend geography. We really mm-hmm. find that our audiences, you know, it's it's that thing where no matter where you're from, if you get if you're gay, you have the same accent. You know, it's like these audiences <laughs> regardless of where they are, really seem to resonate with what it is that we're doing. And so we are really welcomed in every city by the same insane, gorgeous, uh, over-the-top energy. And it's something that, you know, if if we didn't have it written on our hand, we wouldn't even know what city we were in. Oh, my God. Do you, I don't know if you remember, like, 20 years ago, there was a commercial for, like, Verizon Wireless or something. And they were like, thank you so much, Cleveland. And it turns out they were, like, fully in Skokie. That, to me, is what I envision for you take a bow, but then you get off the stage and, you, and then you see the skyline of London. It's happened. Well, you know, the queer community exists worldwide. Mm. And winter 
exists worldwide. <laughs> you know, I, I I like to joke about the fact that like because of the inundation of Christmas and because of the way that Christianity has done what it has done to the world for thousands of years, uh, <laughs> you know, Christians like to think they own winter time, yeah. but we all live through the winter, you know, like I think our show, while it is extremely queer and heavily deals with the inundation of the Christmas season, we deal with the universal themes that don't belong to any one affiliation. You know, we deal with what it means to be a queer person alive today, living through the holiday season. And that's the great thing about, you know, it's difficult to write a brand new show every year, but the great thing about doing it and committing to doing that is that we get to talk about this year and we get to bolster ourselves and our community. And we get to be bolstered by our community moving into whatever fucking shit show 2024 has in store for us. Yes, but that's what I find so beautiful about both of you. And I have to have a moment just to say my gratitude to you and the universe for this happening, because you both have been such an inspiration to me in watching you all these years. You not only live with your truth, but you put your stuff out there without, from my perspective, without fear, without shame, without apology. And every time we see you, there's this newness to it that is so fresh and makes me feel more and more seen. And I cannot fucking wait for people to see this show around the gosh darn globe, which is why I need to ask you uh, a question that I did not prep you on, but it's the gayest last Don't worry, I'm on prep. (laughs) I'm already, I come, I come prepped. <laughs> hey, hashtag ad, Jinx20, use the code. The question is, if the world was ending, you could only save one character actress, who would you save? Gosh, oh, that wow. is really, oh man. That is such a loaded, because, you know, as a Virgo, I have to think about this from all angles. It's right? like, do I save a legend? Or do I save like an up and comer who has like the potential to be? I'm sorry, future, Virgo. You know? Try answering this as a Libra. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm gonna say Aquafina and be done with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I like that you went. You you took you you went with your gut and you ran with it. Uh, Dela, where are we going? Oh my gosh, uh, Jinx. Who would I save? I can't decide. I'm. I'm leaping out. Um, <laughs> My backup is Melissa McCarthy. If I could save two, it's Aquafina and Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> uh, I can't remember her name, but I'm going, or the actress's name, but I'm going with Miss Yvonne from Pee Wee's Playhouse. Okay, such a gorgeous answer. And because we need, for my own gay closure, I'm going to tell you that um, her name. What the fuck? This is just like a full-on wiki about her back, her character's background. Okay, well, we're going to be putting... Oh, Lynn Marie Stewart. Thank you so much, Lynn Marie Stewart. You've been saved. And uh, she was born in 1946, in case anybody was wondering. Um, uh, Jinx and Dela, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on That's a Gay As Podcast. Um, I'm going to obviously link in the description where to get those tickies. Is there any closing words you want to give us about this gorgeous holiday show? Or? We're just so excited. Jinxanddela.com. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we're so excited to have you slash commerce yes and um just thank you you know honestly like thank you because the reason we get to do this every year is because people keep 
coming. You know, live entertainment is constantly threatened by digital uh, advancements. And the fact that our audiences have loyally been showing up for this live spectacle year after year is just such a privilege. And I just want to say thanks for making it possible, y'all. Yeah. And <laughs> and you very sweetly thanked us for for keeping it fresh each year and like bringing our most each year. But 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 the reality is that that's what we receive from our audiences. And we're extremely grateful for that exchange. Oh, so beautifully said. You, it's an ecosystem. It really is. It's the circle <laughs> of life. And you are both such joys. And I hope this is the first of many gay ass conversations and i'll see you at the show in los angeles wonderful thanks for listening to that's a gay ass podcast if you enjoy the podcast and you want more episodes we've got multiple bonus apps already up at patreon.com slash gay ass podcast for only five bucks a month worth it and twerth it i love you so much i'm excited to see you next week for another gorgeous guest and the wednesday after that bye ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.